This is the Brew World Order Podcast. Welcome to the Brew World Order Podcast. My name is Mike Curtin. If you haven't subscribed yet, why not? Just do it. This is episode number 30, and in this episode, I sit down with Dan Lynch, Joe Brenner, and head brewer Jim Straylaw of Little Miami Brewing Company in Milford, Ohio. These three talked to me about how they were tired of their old jobs and decided to jump into the brewery game together, how always doing the best by their customers is the key to their success, and how they wanted to stay out of the distribution game because they wanted to keep it small and have people come to them to try their beers. Well, the people are doing just that because now they're looking to expand. Hopefully we could check back in on them down the line and see how that works out for them. But in the meantime, sit back, crack open a beer, and enjoy the podcast. Hey guys, I'm Mike Curtin. This is the Brew World Order Podcast, and today I'm with Dan Lynch, Joe Brenner, and head brewer Jim Straylaw of Little Miami Brewing Company in Milford, Ohio. Brother-in-laws Dan Lynch and Joe Brenner both had successfully operated their own businesses for over 25 years. At some point, they both decided they wanted to venture into something a little different that would bring joy not only to them, but to the customers they serve as well. They decided on opening a brewery, but with that came the challenge of picking the right spot. They wanted to find something that would be very neighborhood-oriented and focus on taproom sales only. They looked at many different parts of Cincinnati and finally decided on Milford, Ohio. They found the perfect spot where an old car dealership stood. They demolished the old building and started fresh, building what is now known as Little Miami Brewing Company, which sits right alongside the Little Miami River. Dan and Joe opened their doors to the public in December of 2017. And Dan, Joe, and Jim are here with me today. Hey, guys, how's it going? Good. How you doing? Good. Awesome. Now, uh, I know people say it all the time. They're like, you know, sitting around having a couple of drinks, and they say, you know, we should really open a brewery. Can you tell us the story how you both came up with the conclusion that this brewery needs to become a reality? What was that moment for both of you? Um, well, we... Uh... Like you, like you said, you're you're drinking at breweries and you're looking around at crowds and people having a good time. And um, Joe and I were both uh, kind of bored with what we were doing. And uh, Jim, uh, Joe knew Jim, and I knew Jim was a was a great brewer. And uh, I had some money from another business and uh, wrote a one page business plan, shopped it around a couple places, and we, you know, from there we. You, you kind of hit the nail on the head, though, when uh, we we were two guys that were getting into craft beer, and and we said several times, "Wow, would it be really cool to, to you know be involved in the brewery business?" And uh, you know, we both turned fifty years old, and we got we just started to get really serious about it. We started like, looking around. We drove drove to different breweries, uh, went out of town, looked at breweries, went you know. Um, and, yeah, uh, we studied a lot of breweries. Studied a lot. Michigan, Colorado. Studied. <laughs> it, it was grueling, grueling yeah. work. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> so, did you do any uh, like uh, like home brewing beforehand, or that was uh, uh, it was mostly no, just? No, we were mainly in the craft beer, just just into the scene of drinking it. Uh, right. That was really it. And then uh, when we got serious about it, I, I've known Jim since kindergarten we went to madeira kindergarten in the suburb of cincinnati and uh well he'd been he'd been brewing for about 24 25 years and we called him up for advice and to just feel him out and, and it just things one one things led to another and here he is today you know it was a very uh organic uh growth of ideas 
I mean, this idea of guys sitting around drinking a beer saying, wouldn't this be cool? It's not an original idea. Right. There's about 6,000 breweries in the U.S. They all start that way. And they all, and they all started that way. But it's a very sexy uh, dream. You're sitting around in a bar with really cool, shiny tanks, and uh, you're selling fun. And it's uh, what a great dream to have. Um, I was homebrewing in college. I, I love craft beer all through high school. Can I say that? Yeah, uh, yeah sure can. <laughs> but, sure can. Uh, I ain't the police. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I had uh, I had the brewing skills. They had the business acumen to put this thing together, so it worked really well. Right. Did you go to schooling for your brewing, or did you actually just take it on and, and, and kind of hone your craft as you went on? My training was... Um, on-the-job training, but my my first boss, my mentor, he went to Siebel Institute. Okay, in, Chica- in Chicago. Which, uh, right. Yep, exactly. And I, I took all his uh, coursework home and studied it and devoured it. Um, so I I didn't pay to go to college or brew school, but I, I know the stuff. Right, right. So Dan and Joe, like, how did you go about funding your project? We both had businesses. And uh, Dan was in uh, our home health care, and I was uh, in landscaping, and uh, I ended up selling my business. I, I, I just was getting tired of that. And so Dan, he kind of kept his business, but uh, that's, that's how we kind of came up with it. And we had some, you know, we had some money. We didn't have enough. We way underestimated what it cost to open, uh, <laughs> do this. Uh, but right. we uh, had a good relationship with uh, a, a local bank here in Milford, they shared in the division of what uh, could be and have never said no to us on on funding on each step of the we, way. We, yeah. keep, we keep them up. We keep them informed on our and we're, we're really profitable. We're, we're very blessed to be uh, very profitable. We're not like the breweries that have been struggling because of COVID. We're also we're, overachievers. So yeah. Every right. time we do a step, the banks see, wow, you guys crushed it. Yeah, we'll, we'll go to the next level. So it's it's uh, you know the money part's been good from the uh, from the bank side because we didn't you know we didn't have all that money ourselves we had to scrape up everything. And the business side yeah, also was based on in sale tap room yeah. distribution canning bottling. It's hard to make money in that rat race. So right. yeah, we didn't do any of that. That was part of the deal with getting Jim to come back. <laughs> we weren't going to do bottling and canning and distribution and running around selling kegs to every bar that wants to sell it. You know, we, so people that went, when they drink, when they want to drink our beer, they come to our place and that's, that's how we like it. Right. Nice. Manageable. Yeah. Not, not, uh, and you know, not, not crazy. Right. With Dan and Joe tired of their, uh, previous business life, I was tired and worn out from bottling for 15 years. So we got to the point where we're too old to work that hard. We're going to do, was profitable and have some fun at it do it that way we got really lucky with a good location we uh right we found a good location really was a home run the owners of the land and were also in development building so it all kind of worked out they you know they they saw what we could do and decided to take a take a chance on us that's what really uh that's what it's been about is a couple, couple key people deciding to take a risk on us right for sure and like you said, if uh, you want to try the beer, you, you go down there and it brings tourism to the area, which is great. Yeah, yeah. 
So from the moment you you started, uh, you when you found the building, from the moment you started the demo to rebuilding and then finally opening your doors, what would you both say was the most difficult part for you? <laughs> there's a, a lot of details to keep yeah. in mind uh, luckily uh i mean we all, we all have different uh, skill sets and like like dan is he's a phenomenal researcher on different stuff things we didn't know anything about right glycol glycol chillers what the hell is that right. you know? so, and the next day he knows everything about it uh and just thought you know this we just tackled little is every day was a different you know, something new that we were kind of not knowing a lot about. Yeah, it was the most enjoyable experience I've ever had in opening a brewery or, or any business. Just the way that we work together, we come up with a problem, we sensibly talk about it, and uh, and figure it out. The hardest part was figuring out who are we, what are we, what are we selling, right? You know, what, what's our vision? And once we figured that out, then it was just putting the pieces together. It was it was a difficult. The hardest part was trying to figure out what size, what size building we needed, what size brewing system. Those were hard questions to answer because we were going on forecasts that were, uh, at best, just a, a wild ass guess. You know, we didn't really know what the numbers were going to be. We didn't know how big to make it. We, so we we built it. We built it too small. We bought we bought too small of a brewing system, but uh, we're rectifying that this year we're going to build a bigger bigger building with a bigger system and um, you know had we known that what the success uh, was going to be of this place we would have gone bigger but we just didn't know uh, so we played a conservative which was smart i think right. uh, better to be too small than too big i think right uh, for sure but yeah gee so i'm sure uh <clears throat> i'm sure jim has has some sort of idea of what it's like being in a, in a brewery, but um, for you, Dan and Joe, what was something you thought you never had to deal with when opening this business? Wow. Neither of us <clears throat> had never really had any restaurant experience either. We're, we're kind of a restaurant, too. Right. I mean, we are a restaurant. Yeah, we serve so, pizza. I mean, that was, that was a big obstacle to overcome. Right. Uh, and that's a lot of employees, and, you know, it's, it's just a lot of staff. And, yeah, uh, we... we, we we didn't know, like we have 75 employees and a lot of them, probably 45 of them are kids in high school and college. And there's a lot of hiring and scheduling and all that to keep, but that food part of the business, which is almost half our business drives the beer part. So the food and, and, the, and that was an important part of um, the success. It wasn't just, we were, that's neat. Like I said, neither of us had done food before. So that was, yeah, learning all that was probably the hardest. Uh, well, from the very hard. beginning, we decided we were not going to be a restaurant. We're going to be a brewery with so food. food. Yeah, right. Uh, you, you need to have food to keep the people there drinking, and it, they go hand in hand. So, right from the onset, uh, we didn't have all the uh, obstacles of having a fine dining or casual upscale dining. It was very simple food, streamlined. Yeah, lean and mean. Our menu is very simple. It's, it's, a, it's a good menu, but it's very simple. We uh, we paid uh, Tom Hennessy, who's you, know, you might know him, but he uh, we paid uh, his uh, him his company some money to consult with on pizza and recipes. And, Country boy. Uh, yeah, we went out to Colorado and saw all that. So um, right. 
because we didn't really know anything. We knew we wanted to do beer and pizza because pizza was simple. Um, at least we thought it was. And uh, that was probably the hardest part to get to get right. I knew we had the beer down, right. Jim, but right. I, I didn't know we need. I, we, we didn't have the pizza down, so we really needed to learn that, which right. we did. Yeah. And as far as uh, as far as beers go, do you only have you only have a certain amount of beers, right? You don't like to go crazy and put out other stuff, or do you do you sometimes put out some specialty beers? But I like to go crazy all the time. That right. was part of the tr- part of the draw of coming back here because I was doing the same two beers over and over and over again. So this we have sixteen taps. So at any given time, we'll have uh, sixteen very different beers on tap. And they're usually one batch, uh, one offs at a time. And then when that tank blows, we'll put the next uh, crazy beer on. We have several, uh, seven or eight core beers that we always have. Okay. You gotta have the the light beers and the amber beers that pay your bills. Mm-hmm. And then you have the other half of the beers are the uh, eclectic uh, beers for the beer hunters out there. Right. Right. Everything from sours to double IPAs, the chocolate stouts. So, and is it, know, is it uh, a whole collaboration of, uh, on like on the thought process of like what beers you want to put out next? Or is it mostly, uh, like Jim's doing, how does that go? Jim, we consult all three of us talk about it. Jim will, Jim will, uh, say, Hey, what do you think about this idea or what that idea? And we, uh, I say we have an equal share, a three part share in it where I'm saying, Hey, I want Jim's in charge of the production and whatever he wants to do. We do. And kind of whatever kind of fits into his schedule. Yes. Right. But Dan and Joe, they'll come to me and say, let's do a coffee beer. I'm like, right. But I've never done that. Let's, let's, let's do it. Yeah. That's the fun part for me is they come, to me with an idea that I'd never thought of. Let's and do a Ken Brew beer. Yeah, and then I have to come up with a recipe. Jim's the artist in the place, okay? Joe and I are not artists. Right, well, right. Joe is. Joe's more of an artist. I'm least, uh, the, mo- the least artistic guy in the, out of the three of us, okay? So these guys, they're, they're the artists. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. It's like a band. So I don't, I, it's like a band, right? Either. Like, they don't let me name the beers, so I just give my two cents but i i don't think i've yet come up with a name that's stuck <laughs> but you know the numbers i know the numbers, I know the numbers well. <laughs> all right so what do you think what are you some qualities that make you guys great business owners great friends brother-in-laws but we're we the, care about our employees too we care about our employees uh, because that's our important are very yeah yeah we, we 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 work well together uh there's no there's no king in the in the three of us. We all we, make decisions, and like uh, me and Dan will argue a lot. But at the end of the day, it's just you know, it's just we call them heated conversations. Yeah, I mean, it's just that's yeah. what it that's what it is. We're just putting forth our opinion, and we all we yeah. always and we'll call Jim in and say, Jim, what do you say? I'm, <laughs> the, I'm the referee. I come we, in. We kind of like we've got like a board of directors that are kind of like yeah yeah. we have like a you know a a funny relationship we even even our nephew tyler who's our a manager here my brother-in-law george if if we're if we're trying to build a consensus of opinion we'll run it around about five or six different people and usually that's where whatever the the consensus is is usually what we go with so there's not there's no one person making bad decisions you know what i mean right as i'm refereeing all this yeah i, I don't referee. i don't see any ego in there it's, yeah. it's a 
it's a very democratic process of, hey, let's talk this out, what makes sense, and uh, it's, it's supposed, you know, this is our second stage of life, this is supposed to be fun, we we don't want to make it complicated. And it is fun, right? It is I fun, think, yeah. I think I can speak for all of us, we're yeah. all having a good time. Yeah, right. a really good time, it's fun, it's a fun business. Who would you say inspired you the most in the beer industry? I'm sure it's it's very different answers for all of you. I'm sure. I've I, I was more inspired by certain beer styles. Like I'm a huge sour fan. I was drinking Rodenbach Grand Cru 25 years ago before right. anybody knew what a sour was. Um, I like uh, Old Thiexton English Strong Ales before anybody knew what that was. And then as I went to the Great American Beer Fest and all these. Uh, brewing conferences around the country for decades, I would come across people like Jim Cook from, from Boston Beer and have right. a beer with him. And just an amazing dude. Right. Uh, have, have a beer with uh, Sam from Dogfish. Uh, amazing dude. And, you know, there's like a, a handful of brewing rock stars out there. Of co- Tommy of Arthur from Port and Vinny from Russian River. So you hang out with those guys and you know, you kind of see where they came from, what they're doing, and you, you decide, do I want to follow that or do I want to make my own path? Mm. And um, I kind of go after the, what I want to drink, quite honestly. I guess on our, me and Dan's level is just the local guys, the, the ones that came before us was like, we used to go to Matry all the time. Okay, we, Matry. Seeing, seeing what those guys were doing, you know, and then we go to Ryan guys. We studied the local, but yeah. we, I mean, we didn't really, we didn't really get to know like the local owners. We know them now, but um, we were just really focused on the vision of getting open and doing the best thing possible. So it really took all of our energies to try to learn, uh, keep on top of all the details to, because uh, it is about the details. Right. Uh, I mean, this business has a lot of details, and so there's, there's a lot of lots of know and learn but uh, dan and joe put a lot of trust in me too because they would say can you do this I'm like yep i can do that right okay. yeah okay now i gotta do it right uh, right <laughs> you know it's just one of those things that it's just worked out really well right so how do each of you define success i'll start uh jim the brewer here when i'm when i get done working at the end of the day and i walk out into the tap room and I see a hundred people drinking beer, smiling, laughing, and watching people enjoy what I put my heart and soul into. To me, that's job satisfaction. And it, I, mine's kind of on the same page same with here. Jim. It's uh, you know, you look around, everything's going smooth. You know, the people are laughing. They're, you can tell they're having a good time. And then also the employees. You know, when things are, it doesn't always go smooth. You know, right. there's rocky roads all the time. But, you know, when the employers are, are in gear doing well and they're having a good time and working hard, that's that's part of it, too, you know. We got a lot of young kids that started here when they were 15, didn't even have driver's license, and now these that, that crew just is in their freshman year of college right now. And they're still here. And, they're, and yeah, some of them, some are away at school, but they always come back for their breaks. Right. So that's, that's kind of satisfying. Yeah. Uh, I agree. Everything, I mean, every relationships we build yeah, with all these kids. That's exactly right. The older people. It's about the relationships, relationships with customers, relationships with employees. We've got incredible local support, um, and the local customers. The fact that you know they tell us we're they're having a good time and they love our product, and 
And that's that's the satisfaction. There's so much messed up stuff in the world. It's just good to see joy out there somewhere. Yeah. When they come in there and they have they enjoy a great pizza, a great view on the river, sitting on the rooftop bar with a with a beer in hand, smiling and joking. I mean, that's that's it for me, man. We never thing. hesitated. We've never hesitated to spend money to make people more happy, whether that's patio heaters, rooftop bars, caver patios along the river. You know, the best picnic tables money can buy, the best Adirondack chairs. We've never skimped. <laughs> right. Never skimped on anything. And, that's, that, and that goes true with the COVID. I mean, we we took every precaution you could possibly think of. I mean, if, if there was a suggestion, we're like, let's do it, you know? I mean, hell, we hired a guy to walk around. Uh, we call him the sanitation engineer. All he does is spray tables and doorknobs for a whole shift. We, had, we fumigated <laughs> the place. We still do fumigate the place once once or twice a week right and uh i mean that's includes chair everything and then so it's just you know we we never expect expense we just want it to be a good customer experience and the, and the dollars just follow that the fact that we don't i mean the customers see that yeah customers know and see that they feel safe here our, our brewery is very open air there's windows and doors that all open up so that it's not a confined space so it's very i know you can't see that over the over the podcast but right, right. it's very very open and, and airy you know fans and and windows and doors it so just so happened to be perfect for a pandemic yeah it's the right the right format so we, we got lucky on that too yeah right, right. it's the, the right design i know you you've been open for you're coming up on two years right three years yeah you're coming up on three years i apologize three years, yeah you're coming up on three years now and how important is a mental break for you a couple weeks a year to get away is important yeah when, I mean, when the doors are open and on busy weekends i mean it is it's uh pedal to the floor it really is i mean you're you're kind of consumed with it a lot i mean from the moment you wake up to you know till you when you go to bed you know yeah. i mean we're both me well jim's down here a lot but me and dad are down here a ton I yeah mean, Right. Down here probably six days a I come, week. I work seven I, days a week. Sometimes. I work shifts in the bar. I come down at night just to come in and have a beer and just hang out and look at things. Yep. And on the weekend, same. You know, the pandemic. Right. I was here thirty-five days in a row. Yeah, it's like I had to furlough my brew crew. Uh, so yeah, you get done with that. It's like I need a I need a week off. No, yeah. but yeah, just a you know support. Yeah, it's definitely it's important. Like, there's times when you it's like that. Uh, Corona commercial where the guy takes his phone and skips it in the water. It's like, you got to do that right. Right. Got unplugged. Well, the good thing is we all of the managers are qualified, so yeah. you can rotate vacation time. And I don't think there's anybody who's uh, right. We said no, you can't take any time off. We've no, we've always been we very value that very much about that. Right. And I think it's more for Jim because he's been in the in the brewing industry for a while now. Um. What do you think, Jim, has been the biggest change in the last five years for you? For me, it was getting out of the rat race of constantly trying to fill a supply lane lane with uh, bottles and cans and, and kegs. I wanted to get back to my roots and be more brew pub brewing and get back to the, the idea of craft brewing and doing small batch right. fun things. Um, you know, seeing the trends in, in the beer business, I mean, every five years they change, you know, many years ago, it was how, how big ABV can you go? And then how hoppy can you go? And then how sour can you go? Um, and now everything's 
how low calorie can you go? Yeah. Um, right. Session beer helps. How much seltzer can you make and right. and all that? So I don't know where it's going to go next, but um, I know that we try to offer everything that we can, and we just either keep up with the trends or make our own trends. Right. So this is one one of my favorite questions. Um, what was your gateway beer into the craft world? And this can go for for any of you guys. I'll I'll show you mine while these guys think. Uh, mine is crystal clear. My sister was living in Chicago, and I went up to visit her, and I went to uh, Goose Island Brew Pub. Okay. And I and I had their Honkers Ale for the first time. Right. And I was I was blown away. It was like, oh my god, this is what beer should taste like. Right. And from that moment, that made me go out and buy a homebrew kit. So I, I can credit everything to Goose Island. Mine would be uh, actually Jim turned me on to was was Bass yeah. Bass Ale yeah. right, from right, England. Right. That's, that was the first non Budweiser or Miller right. beer I'd ever had. And we started slugging those back. And then Guinness, of course, and that's, that's those were Samuel the, Smith. Samuel, yeah, yeah, Samuel Smith. Right. Yeah. Jim, Jim turned me on to those. Though, back, that was co- like college, college, or, early right college. college yeah. Mine, mine was Yangling. Yangling. <laughs> it was okay. Yangling. Yeah, I was in Florida at Walt Disney Resort with my son, who's now twenty-seven. He was about eight. We were sitting at ESPN Sports Bar, and they were serving this beer called Yangling, and I'm like, this is the the greatest. You know, I hadn't had any amber i thought it was fantastic right, right. Um, but i also bass and smittix uh you know i was i was i like going to irish bars so i was uh I was partial to some of the irish beers um but yeah it's soon after that probably fat tire fat tire uh, right so i'm sure people come to you guys all the time and ask you this question but what advice would you give someone that wanted to open their own brewery Put a good floor in <laughs> with, with, good with, with good drains. Yeah. <laughs> if you can afford it, build a building versus retrofitting an old one. Now it, it's, you know, it's, uh, got to you gotta, you there. gotta, you gotta get the right location. 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 Someone's got to know the numbers. I mean, it's, that's there's crazy. a lot of numbers yeah. it's, without good finance. It's going to flop and fail. Right. There's, it's, gonna, it's not going to make it. You gotta have, you gotta be capitalized. Right. You better have the right amount of money. And like, uh, like Dan said, locations. Locations definitely. huge. We better have a really good brewer. Uh, we were lucky to have Dan as numbers guy because anybody can make good beer at home. But when you translate that into a business where you got to pay, you got to pay the bills. Um, you know, sometimes these home brewers, these artsy guys, they don't know shit about running a business and right. they fail so fast. I think the I think the uh, business is extremely difficult to make i mean you can make money but the distribution part the the wholesale beer is so different than what we do we're all retail beer and when you consider the risk that some people take by trying to become you know the biggest brewery in town by distribution i just think it's they better pause and make sure they know their numbers because it's it's incredibly difficult to get that right Right. When you uh, doing what we do, selling retail beer out of a tap room, that's that's an easy way to make money if you have the right location. But doing distribution is a really hard grind, uh, very very hard. There's only only so much shelf space in progress. Yeah, 
there's a finite amount of space in on the shelves there, and it's it's hard it's hard to get into the in the store, and it's easy to get knocked out. Yeah, so. for sure. So, uh, did you happen to have a funny story for us? Uh, uh I I got one today. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Uh, we uh, one of our employees brought in these Carolina Reaper peppers this morning. Okay. <laughs> And our uh, Jim's assistant brewer uh, said he he would eat one for a price, so we uh, all threw in some cash, and uh, he ate one. And it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. <laughs> Thinks he's a real tough guy. He's not so tough right now. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, that was just you know just something we just did to say. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, so. I have a uh, I have a little thing called Quick Fire Five. It's just five quick questions, beer related. You guys ready? Yeah. yeah. Uh, what are Little Miami's beers that you'd recommend someone try? Earth Cookie, that's our brown ale. Okay. Pterodactyl or Hefeweizen. Okay. Favorite brewery other than your own? Uh, locally, I would say uh, Brink, uh, Nine Giant. Outside of Ohio, I would say uh, Missoula Brewing Company in Montana. Who farted? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> They're in Columbus. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, I, I have so many breweries, I can't even name one right now. I mean, that's a that's a tough that's an impossible question for me. Yeah, yeah, I know it is tough. It is tough. So, favorite style of beer? Sour beer for me. God. Sour. Okay. It used to be IPAs for me, but. I like Belgians and and uh, drinking a lot of Oktoberfest. Oktoberfest, Mar Marzen, Marzen, so, right, Marzen, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, very few beers that I, I don't like, but I if I had to pick one, I, I I'm into pale ales big time. Yeah. Okay. And uh, barrel aged, imperial, or both? Barrel for me. Barrel aged. If you had, if you had to choose, if you had a barrel aged or imperial, like imperial. Uh, Barrel, yeah, barrel aged. Yeah. All barrel aged, okay. And uh, you have one keg of beer to hold you over for a two week quarantine. What beer are you choosing? And it could be your beer or it could be any beer. I'm drinking Rodenbach Grand Cru. Okay. Uh, I'll drink our Oktoberfest. I'd go a Happy or Curveball or, or uh, Belgian White. Belgian White. All right, guys. Well, that's all I got for you. All right. I appreciate it. For uh, educational and uh, (laughs) somewhat witty. I I believe you were. I'm Mike Curtin for the Brew World Order podcast. Here with Dan, Joe, and Jim from Little Miami Brewing. Thanks, guys. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for listening to my interview with Dan Lynch, Joe Brenner, and Jim Straylaw of Little Miami Brewing Company in Milford, Ohio. If you get a chance, give those guys a follow on social media. Also, whether you're passing through, live in the area, or just visiting a friend nearby, you should definitely check them out. Every other Sunday, I'll be releasing a new episode, so subscribe, and you'll never miss one. Also, be sure to check us out on social media, because it's just the right thing to do. I'm Mike Curtin for the Brew World Order Podcast. You stay safe out there.